if you have a goal and you you really want to see yourself live that desire and dream, but your self-perception is a, of a woman who is, for example, always poor or always has health issues, like that's part of her identity, that's going to trump over all of the attempts at creating change. Welcome to the Vibrant Flow Podcast. This is where we reclaim our feminine essence and our right to luscious, soft, vibrant living the feminine way. If you are ready to release the old paradigms of hustle, perfectionism, being nothing but hard on yourself and the good girl syndrome, and to step into your feminine power, deeper faith, queenly living and the vibrant flow, you are in the right place. I am here to support you and to hold you accountable in your sweet feminine homecoming. Okay, sister, let's jump right in. All right, all right, we are back. You guys, I had COVID, (laughs) so I had to take a break from recording and you might still hear from my voice that I'm not completely recovered yet. I feel pretty good, like I've been out and about, I've been to the library, I've been working, so it's not as bad as it was, but my voice just has not caught up yet. So you need to be reminding me to drink my water every once in a while now that I'm recording this episode. (laughs) But yeah, it it was not fun, I mean it was really tough, it moved really fast, I got it from my husband. It was really, really hard to avoid it after he got the, um, uh, got the bug, uh, got the virus, and, uh, you know, in a apartment where we live, it's just, you know, impossible to avoid it then. And uh, um, so we were sick together. At least we had each other. <laughs> um, but uh, I was not able to do anything for a week. So I was binge watching Netflix series because I did not have energy to even read a book or hold a book in my hand, which is my preferred way of entertaining myself. But, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. You know, sometimes you have those moments when you can just relax. And well, I wasn't even relaxing. I was just, you know, shaking with the fever. <laughs> but... um. I watched a lot of series. I, I finished quite a few series. And I also watched Emily in Paris for the first time. Yeah. For the first time. I've, you know, I've known about it, obviously. And I know that hundreds of millions of people have seen it. It's one of the most popular shows on Netflix. But I was just never into that, you know, the whole... Because it's, you know, it's from the creators of Sex and the City and and all those tropes and messages that usually are in those shows, I just do not agree with. <laughs> I think they perpetuate lies and illusions about female, female empowerment and how to have successful relationships. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of opinions about that show. <clears throat> but I do love it for the fashion. I mean, the fashion and just, you know, hearing the French, I love it. Mm, I, my, you know, just got me into 
my French era again, right? I, I need to brush up on my French and go there whenever that's possible. And I was just, you know, planning this trip with my husband. Yeah, we we're gonna go to the south of France and everything. Oh, it would be so nice. It would be so nice. It, it's gotta go down at some point. I mean, we have to do it. We have to do it. And I'm so <laughs> glad I'm able to speak a little better French than Emily. I mean, you know. <laughs> but anyway, just I love the language. There's a lot of stereotypes in that show, so I'm not going to go into that. But yeah, we got to love the fashion, the f you know, the language, the culture, the city, the settings, all of those things. I, you know, I watched it for, for those reasons. I did not find the characters appealing. The main love interest, Gabrielle, so flat. Literally no character in that character. It was just a pretty face. I'm sorry if I'm offending someone who loves him, but I, just, I was just frustrated. Anyway, it was a tough ride with the COVID, but I'm getting better. I, you know, I was looking so bad and so swollen with my face. And you know, when you have the, the um, face recognition on your iPhone to unlock your phone, for at least five days, my phone was like, i never seen this girl in my life. <laughs> and, you know, it would not recognize my face. I was looking so bad with the, with the, the swelling and everything. So <laughs> I was like, thank you. But that's that about my COVID episode. Now, today, my love, we are celebrating 100 episodes of the Vibrant Flow podcast with my favorite lessons. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode. So my favorite lessons that I want to give to you and share with you right now in this moment, some of your feedback, also some of your questions I'm going to answer in a Q&A section um, that I was asking you to ask me anything um, and on Instagram. So that's what I'm going to do. Some of those questions we're going to... Um, actually go into in separate episodes because they warrant a whole episode on their own. But some of them I'm going to answer in this episode uh, later on. So before we dive into it, remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, it helps with the algorithm, and share this podcast so that we can double our tribe, our Vibrant Flow tribe this year, which has been my goal, and I've been forgetting to mention it in my episodes. Well done, Johanna. <laughs> anyway, now I'm sharing it again. With you, we are going to double our tribe this year. Are you in? Okay. Glad to hear that you're in. Okay, <laughs> amazing. I'm just imagining you being like, yes, Joe, I'm in. I'm in it with you. We're in the Vibrant Flow fam. And... Speaking of the Vibrant Flow fam, if you have not joined my Patreon, which is called the Vibrant Flow fam, I am going to have a special five-day challenge coming up over on there next month with Fively... Fively? What? That's a new word. Fively. I meant to say five daily <laughs> drops of audio lessons, a workbook to help you throughout that five-day journey and other bonuses. And it's going to be on softness. But I'm, I'm not going to reveal and um, 
all of it just yet. I'm going to announce the whole thing in just a few days next week. But if you want to join right now and get access to all of my exclusive juicy stuff that I have there, you get access to all of it just for five euros per month. So go ahead and check that link. It's in my description or wherever the show show notes are. So let's jump right into my favorite lessons. First of all, like <laughs> I would not be here doing this episode or recording a 100th episode if I was doing this just for numbers, just for vanity metrics, just to gain recognition or whatever, I don't know. I've been doing this out of sheer passion and because I wanted to process my own journey and then I realized at some point that I really want to teach you these things that I want to um, expand into coaching and that has been one of the best things that I've courageously stepped into despite my own fears. So what I want to say is that w- when I started this podcast, um, I took a time, some time off, right? I, it was a few days I was not online anywhere. I was just emptying. Like I had this extended weekend of just emptying everything. Being, you know, not consuming anything. Surrendering. Softening, taking care of myself and and tending to my relationship with God. And that's when the download came to start this podcast and obviously that was two years ago now so we're also celebrating two years of this podcast first being just a hobby that I started doing and now it's just you know it's such a gift to me but I hope that it's a gift to you as well and what I want to say is that when you have that download from a place of opening from a place of being relaxed, from a place of receptivity, you get the best ideas. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your life looks like, remember that sometimes we need to empty. We literally just need to stop consuming things for a bit. And obviously, I love podcasts, so I, I was a podcast junkie long before I started my own. But there are times that I realize, and it's hard for my ego sometimes, to decide, okay, I, I'm going to empty now. I'm going to, you know, just be and receive, stay still and be in stillness which is so hard for us sometimes when we're on all the time and the feminine thrives when she is filled with fresh inspiration which is a form of masculine penetration this us you know receiving guidance new ideas being just you know guided to do something that's when we're relaxed and open and receptive, that's when it happens, right? But there's also that 
part of self-holding. When you're tuning to your body, you're regulating your nervous system, um, you're taking care of yourself, right? So that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But our ego just resists it so much. That whole thing of like emptying and being in stillness, not consuming something for, you know, for a, a bit of time. That's why I, I do recommend taking, you know, days off from social media, sometimes weeks, even months. Uh, even if it's scary, because your mind is like, well, FOMO, I'm gonna miss out. Yeah, you might miss out on my incredible posts and all of the juicy stuff that I do, but you're gonna live. <laughs> You still, you can still, you know, tune into this podcast or you're going to take a time off from everything and just receive in stillness. And you'd be surprised about the breakthroughs and the ideas that come. Okay, that, that was number one. It wasn't even meant to be number one because I'm now looking at my list and here's the number one that I've written down, <laughs> which is the feminine finds her true power and surrender. And she also has tremendous responsibility for her queenly inner work. Like we're not living in entitlement. I have episodes. You can go back and listen to those. It's really, really important that we get this. The whole um, up-leveling, which I love that. I, I love the whole, you know, feminine up-level, um, upgrade, whatever, all those things. I love them. But... There is a danger in that if we don't understand our responsibility, our own accountability for how we're showing up and understanding how our ego works. The feminine ego is not you. It is not the true feminine. So there's a lot of surrender, a lot of letting go of our perception of what we need to do, what we need to demand like we're we're not here to demand a life to go a certain way or people to act a certain way around us we do have standards yes because we are stepping into queenhood but a queen has inner standards and i also have that episode on you know <clears throat> a few episodes back so go go ahead and listen to that one on inner standards and 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 you know what is like victimhood what is entitlement and what is actually having standards in a healthy way there is a difference right so that's the first thing that we own our own responsibility we learn to self-hold we learn to distinguish between our ego and our true feminine core that part of us that is receptive, that is discerning, that is mature, right? Number two, collaboration is expensive. Collaboration is expansive and deeply feminine. And it has been one of the greatest blessings that this podcast has brought about. But whatever you are doing in your life, find more ways to collaborate with other women it is so beautiful and expansive that's how we rise up right it's not a one-woman show okay 
again with the, like the masculine hustle grind world and the self-made this and self-made that and I did this single-handedly by myself you know all that very ego-driven hyper-independent pushing people away kind of attitudes that saturate media and um even like the competitiveness that we see among women when we're out of tune with our femininity, with our collaborative feminine power. <clears throat> so it's really important that we get this. And it's been a big lesson for me to learn too because I had deep insecurities and I was jealous and envious. I was triggered by other women if someone had what I wanted, oh, it would trigger so much jealousy and just this insecurity and this self-righteous attitude in me, which was disgusting. And I noticed that, well, first of all, jealousy is valuable data. So if you feel feelings of jealousy, that's actually in favor if you know how to use it. If you know how to see it from the angle, from the perspective of, okay, this is coming from a part of me that I'm not acknowledging or I'm denying in myself or I'm not allowing in, into my life yet. Something that I desire because you would not be jealous of someone who does something that you're not even remotely interested in or you you have no desire to go that route you wouldn't feel you know jealousy or envy towards that person or their life or their opportunities so envy jealousy it's 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 data it's information and if you know how to process it in a queenly way you understand that hey this is pointing me in a certain direction. What could I do? What can I release in myself? Some limiting thoughts and beliefs. What, what is blocking me in actually taking steps towards that desire or goal or whatever it is? And that is liberating. Because again, you take responsibility for yourself. And I've written number three here with my favorite lessons is that your triggers are your responsibility. Woohoo! I have to drink some water. Just a minute. Not a minute, but a second. Okay. Thank you for reminding me, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, your triggers are your responsibility. No one else's. And this means all of your triggers. Not just the ones that you think are your responsibility, but all of them are 100% your responsibility and no one else's. So the same thing goes with jealousy, envy. Know that it's there to serve you. It's information. And all of the other things are too, like when you are triggered, it shows you that you are not free in some area yet. You're not allowing something in, you're judging something in someone else that you're judging in yourself that you would love to embrace, maybe, or you haven't dealt with within yourself. 
let's say I am triggered, you know, by the way, uh, a woman, let's say, uh, you know, she's really um, exuberant and happy and, you know, childlike, joyful in her demeanor and her behavior and her um, speech. And I get triggered by that, like, oh, can you just shut up? (laughs) I have to ask myself, what is within me that is triggering that response that is negative? Maybe I'm not allowing myself to be childlike and joyful and 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 exuberant and enthusiastic about something without you know caging myself in or trying to keep myself in check or being constantly worried about what people think about me maybe i'm still shackled in that area and that actually has been my experience i wanted to be unapologetically me passionate enthusiastic the way I can be, but I wasn't allowing myself to be that. I wasn't allowing myself to show up that way and do the things that I actually wanted to do because I was waiting for someone to give me permission or, you know. So if you're waiting for permission slips concerning anything in your life that you truly desire to just break free in that area or to give yourself permission to do something or be the way you really want to be here's your permission slip you don't need it but if you if you need someone to say it I'm here saying it right now okay moving on number four you do not have to put on the masculine to be at work or to be successful at your work if you are working what or whatever work you're you're doing it whether it's at home taking care of the kids or if you have a nine to five which by the way in Finland is an eight to four (laughs) Uh, or you have a business or whatever you're a student you do not have to freaking put on the masculine work and thinking and analyzing using your head Using your, you know, prefrontal cortex is masculine in function, as my mentor Julia Tang would say. But it does not make you masculine. You receive masculine energy, sure, but you're feminine at core 100% of times. That way you are staying and occupying the feminine pole of polarity magnetizing you to all of the things that you need and desire even at work this is how you access expansion and success the feminine way the pleasurable way the feminine as you know is not passive we we sometimes because we hear hear like the basic distinction that feminine is being and masculine is doing and then we sort of interpret it as meaning that when you are doing things you are masculine and that's not how it works it doesn't make sense for you to be jumping back and forth now you can go listen to my episode 99 so just the 
previous episode on how I got the highest grade, highest score in my master's thesis, doing it the feminine way. And it opened the door for me to pursue a doctorate if I desire to do that at some point. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm open to it. I have that academic streak, but it's a four-year commitment or something like that. So (laughs) I'm not sure if I can do it right now because I want to build this that I'm doing and, and, you know, have time for music as well. But that was just proof for me how my previous ways were just so heavy compared to me applying the feminine way of relating to work that the process that everyone was dreading in my class everyone is always like oh it's so big it takes up the whole entire last year academic year and everyone is always struggling with it apparently (laughs) and I just decided that's not gonna go down like that with me <laughs> um, but it's it's just amazing you can do work the feminine way you can operate from a place of rest of receptivity of fostering that connection with your body even at work even at your board meetings your work meetings, with your boss that who triggers you. It is the perfect opportunity for you to truly integrate the feminine way of living. And it will expand into other areas. So this feminine journey of yours is not just about your relationships, your romantic relationships. It's not just some corner of your life it is your life you get to be activated by inspiration by guidance that's coming from that that is masculine sort of right it's the masculine sword the penetration from mass from the masculine all kind of support help structure um linear Point a, from point A to point B, you know, instruction, all of that is masculine in function. But if you engage in those things, it doesn't make you masculine. Because if, if you try to, you know, operate by being, notice the word being masculine yourself, how, well, how can you then magnetize what you want, like support, money, um, help, men, whatever it is, you know, um, inspiration, all those things that you need, problem solving. I believe it is a limiting belief that you need to switch on to the constricted masculine push mode when you're at work. That's just a paradigm that you might have lived in, but if it doesn't feel good, it's probably not what your body wants to, how your body wants to do life. But anyway, that's that. I'm going to talk about more 
about feminine success in coming episodes. Number five or six or whatever. <laughs> you are magnetic when you are enthusiastic and allow yourself to have that childlike joy over little things. Also have an episode on this. Go back in the episodes. I, I don't remember what number it is. But it's so true. Allow yourself to get enthusiastic and to talk about things that you are passionate about. To show that. My husband is always like <laughs> gooey-eyed when he looks at me when I'm allowing myself to have that childlike joy and to be girly even. Okay, number six. You don't need to keep yourself small for the comfort of others. Now, this has been popping up a lot. I noticed that there are there are areas in my life that I have been holding myself back because of this, because of the discomfort of actually shining bright or taking up space or having a voice or being visible. All these things, I think, even with this podcast, I've been holding on to, like unconsciously holding on to this um, idea that I'm keeping myself safe when I'm sort of keeping <laughs> everything I do small. And not that there's, you know, anything wrong with having a small audience, for example. I value every single one of you. I wish I could hug you. I'm so appreciative of you. But... I've also realized that part of me has been holding me back. And so I'm learning to let go of that. And, and I've had, you know, moments of discussing this with other women. It's been showing up on, on socials. It, it was something that I discussed with a client of mine uh, privately. And it's a big thing. Have you noticed that? That you sort of unconsciously keep yourself small in some area of your life. Whether it is keeping yourself small by not dressing the way you would actually like to dress. Showing up as the queen you are becoming. Uh, you know, being that feminine, full expression of you as a woman that you would desire to be. But you sort of feel uncomfortable or you fear that... Your enthusiasm or your passion for femininity, for example, triggers others. And it's just, you know, you know, other people will look at you like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I, I'm, I don't get this. I, and I know that my friends in real life, most of them don't, you know, they're not into this. And it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. But I've also noticed that there's this part of me that really tries to keep myself small and palatable. And that's self-sabotage. So think about this. Is this playing in your life in any way? At work? With your co-workers? With your boss? Or with your extended family members? Your friends? Your current social circles? Are you allowing this to hold you back? 
Are you allowing this to stop you from transforming into the queen that you know you were created to be? Because you're not interested in, in this work. You're not committed to this work. And you're not practicing all these things to keep yourself small and for nothing. You know, if you're doing this work, there's a there's a reason for that. The, the fact that you're listening to this podcast is not an accident. You were drawn to it somehow. So a part of you really yearns to break free from the shackles that you have kept on you for years, probably. I will do an episode on this, just this, because it's such a big topic. Okay, number seven. Your self-perception... Your internal stories and your self-image then determines your life and the results that you see. Let's say a woman has a deeply ingrained story and self-perception of being a woman who is always hard on themselves. Or has a story about always sabotaging herself just when a man is interested in her. You know, sabotaging it when someone is actually pursuing you. Or she has a story of being a fighter, being tough, which creates turmoil in her marriage. Because she's not allowing her husband to occupy the masculine pole. She's resisting his leadership in many ways then because she's a fighter and she's tough well if she starts to work with me one-on-one all of those stories that she's not aware of will be revealed and that's where liberation starts happening because if you have a goal and you you really want to see yourself live that desire and dream but your self-perception is of a woman who is, for example, always poor or always has health issues. Like, that's part of her identity. That's going to trump over all of the attempts at creating change. So your self-perception, your internal stories that I made episodes on early this year, they need to change. And then, you know, it's part of the work with the seven pillars of vibrancy you know renewing your mind rewiring your brain and with that your connection with your body recreating yourself essentially it's really important so whatever your desire and goal is right now your self-perception and your internal story needs to be aligned with that dream and desire If you want to be a magnetic, feminine woman, you need to have an internal story of a woman who lives that kind of life. Your self-perception needs to mirror that. Your self-image needs to be of a woman who just receives all that she needs. She's not struggling. She's not pushing men away. She's not pushing people away 
or she's not constantly struggling with her health or with her wealth (laughs) or with her weight that needs to change first and then everything else will change number eight your perfume you know i have that episode 81 about the perfume of your life and it's not the perfume that you spray on you (laughs) it is your vibe your presence the effect you have your perfume gets to be expensive and luscious and feminine and exclusive that doesn't mean that you push people away out of entitlement or being demanding or delusional (laughs) it means that when people are in your presence they get lifted up to a level of expensive exclusive lusciousness and feminine gentleness nourishment nurturing energy i believe you want to have that effect on people and it truly gets to be a reality but again your internal stories your story about yourself that your subconscious mind is on board with your self-perception needs to mirror that okay by the way if you have not downloaded the free bundle that i i've been talking about this week on instagram but in case you've not been there i am giving away two brand new audio activations that are like 18 minute long they are so luscious and juicy the music everything is just just perfect okay the first one is feminine morning juice which is like your morning meditation or visualization for grounding and softening and awakening the vibrant woman within to get you going to get you energized to get you tapped into your faith to get you excited and centered and the second one is sensual surrender which is about dropping into your body orienting centering uh, regulating your nervous system and bringing in that gentle self-touch and massage and movement and that you know sensual energy really being connected with your body it's lovely so those two you get for free if you sign up for my email list that I finally created (laughs) and you also get the perfume of my life workbook um, in which I guide you through a powerful process of creating your signature scent so just what I was talking about the perfume of your life how do you start creating your own perfume right so that workbook will help you it's inspired by episode 81 uh, but it goes in you know has that process clearly laid out for you and so all these three things you get for free and i just saw on instagram a comment i love the audio activations they are wonderful got me into my body and felt like i was very peaceful and playful afterwards i love that thank you so much I've seen a couple more um, comments and messages about the audio activations that you've been loving them. 
So if you have not grabbed those yet, the first link in the show notes will get you uh, to the website where you just put your first name and your best email and subscribe. And I will then send you my first email, which has the download link to get these things. And so you can really start activating your vibrancy every day. Go ahead and check it out right now. If you have not done that yet, because if you're not doing it, you're crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're free to do whatever you want. But if you love this podcast, there's no reason for you not to do that. <laughs> I need to drink some water. Okay. So feedback from you, your celebrations. I just want to mention some of these because we're celebrating 100 episodes of the Vibrant Flow podcast. Sarah says, I just have to tell you that since I started listening to your podcast I ha- and I have started implementing slowly and bit by bit cyclical nutrition and cyclical movement, I feel so strong and beautiful and healthy. I used to get painful hormonal acne all over my body and they have almost entirely cleared up as well as my bloating on my period isn't as severe and my emotions are better regulated during each phase of my cycle and I now listen to my body when it tells me when I need rest and when I have the drive to tackle those big projects. Thank you. I am so glad. And this is the thing. Your body is magic. But if we are sabotaging our bodies as per society's rules and the way we're not educated to support our bodies, then it cannot do it, cannot support you. But your body is magic, right? Then I got the lovely email from Amber and these are just parts of the message that I wanted to introduce here. I just wanted to say that you have more than answered my question in your recent episodes your content is so good i wish it was getting the attention it deserves my whole family is happier for the episodes you create not just me i don't know if it's just me but your content seems to have a totally unique message aside from so many good wi- good wi- good wives self-help content despite being raised by a super educated mother who clearly warned about feminism and supplied me with great books on the joy of being a woman, I still got sucked into the trap of pressuring myself and looking for value in output and wanting to control, etc. Your message seems to be way more comprehensive and help and focuses on the joy of femininity aside from what we can achieve. You're doing awesome work. Let me know when your book comes out. Oh. I still get teary-eyed when I read that. Oh my goodness. I just, you know, I'm not taking these for granted ever. And I really want to write a book someday. Part, you know, part of the reason why I pursued my master's in English is because I really want to write a book someday. But I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe not right now. (laughs) And Samantha says... Um, about, you know, what what has changed since implementing the things that I teach. I'm doing things that are more empowering and choosing to hold responsibility for my life instead of living in a wounded feminine place of victimhood. I feel stronger, but also softer. 
and Samantha says I'm that yes Johanna is incredible thank you so much oh my god <laughs> I'm so appreciative of these you are incredible that's the thing is this is not about me this is not a show about me this is a show about you and your feminine transformation also last one message from Instagram I love you your podcast the sound of your voice and the way you articulate yourself I'm so touched by that because I I don't always like the way I articulate myself after actually after every episode I always think or my ego is like nothing you said was even you know remotely understandable <laughs> but yeah that's that's my mind my um mind wanting to you know make sure that I stay humble <laughs> and she continues I always tell my friends about your podcast and get so excited when there is a new episode that I can listen to your podcasts have been so impactful on my life and marriage in such a gorgeous way thank you for all of your juicy advice and words of encouragement my pleasure my pleasure it you know the this just fuels me I love doing what I do because of you. I want to see you shine. I want to see your marriage shine. I want to see your dating life shine. I want to see your work life shine. All of it. All your life. It needs to shine the way it's supposed to. Your life gets to be vibrant. You get to live the vibrant flow. All right, so... Let's jump into the Q&A. So the first question I got was, what inspired this vibrancy journey? Or this, you know, starting starting this podcast, everything. <clears throat> so I've shared about this in, in my episodes in the past, for sure. Um, it was of many years dealing with chronic pain in my upper body, my arms, um, after... You know, I was a saxophone player and I was pushing, I was pushing, pushing, pushing. I was on all the time, was practicing, was not taking care of my body. I was completely living in my masculine shield and, and masculine pushing and it's not my core essence. So, of course, I started suffering. And I'm I'm very ambitious. Like, I am multi-passionate. I can't shake that off of me and I don't have to, nor do you if that's you. But the way I was doing it was just ugh, awful. And my body rebelled and, and I had, I'd had so many symptoms from way beyond, you know, way before that. Like with my digestion, my skin, acne, all of it. But when that pain started, it was 24-7. And the first period was three years that I had the pain on all the time. And so, yeah, it triggered depression, shedding an old identity, having to reinvent myself, not seeing myself anymore as the sax girl, you know, saxophone girl. Um, and just, you know, going for things that I actually desired. Singing, writing songs. And, and then later on, when I've stumbled upon some videos on femininity on YouTube, something clicked. Something that just clicked and felt right in my body. It wasn't a mental concept. It wasn't something like 
that I was figuring out. It wasn't any of that, but it just felt right in my body that I get to embrace my femininity, that I get to cultivate a life of softness. My goodness, I never thought that was possible. Or to be fulfilled because I thought I'm an ambitious woman, so I cannot be fulfilled with a slow, soft life. It didn't compute with my masculine programming. But, oh, it felt right. It just sits right in your body when you embrace that. And as I've told you, I've since then learned that, you know, going about projects, work, all the things that I'm passionate about is so much more fulfilling when I'm staying rooted in my feminine essence, when I'm not trying to do massive action and pushing out of that place of scarcity and fear and because some bro is saying that this is how it's done. I mean, I'm not berating you know, bro advice, it might work for someone, but I don't believe it works for women because we are so different on so many levels. And I love to talk about that because the more we recognize, excuse me, the more we recognize it in a way that supports our union and harmony also within ourselves, We just access a new level of success, whatever that means for you. So, yeah, a journey of pain, of a completely jacked up nervous system, of depression, of finding joy again, of learning how to be a young wife, which I struggled with, you know, my episode 97, I think, or 8, I don't know, in which I talked about some of the struggles, and I've talked about it before as well, and we'll talk about it in the future as well more. Um, So it's just, you know, that disconnection with my husband was a big stimulus (laughs) as well. Um, Finding a way to thrive as a wife, especially when I had no models of it around me, you know, except, you know, my parents, of course, but, you know, I'm talking about some someone my age or my generation or friend group or social circle, whatever. So that was a big thing because the changes that have happened and occurred after me committing to the, my softening, my feminine healing... And what I was doing, I was starting to implement the seven pillars of vibrancy. But of course, I didn't realize that at the time. Or now I've just, you know, created that framework to help you in private work if, if I'm coaching you. But that's what I was, you know, that, that's what changed everything and changed my life. And, and my day-to-day, like, feeling states and... <sighs> And it's rippling over into every area of my life from academia to creativity to any work that I've done, um, <clears throat> of, you know, being home, of having this 
thriving relationship with my husband, of feeling so much closer to him, um, and attracting opportunities and people that I never thought I would. And so it's just amazing. And, and it's, it's there for you too. And I believe you want it. And I believe you're on your path to open yourself up for it or open yourself up to it. So yeah, that what that's what inspired me. My struggles, <laughs> my pain, doing it the exact opposite way that I now teach. <laughs> All the things that I sucked at for so many years of being a control freak, hyper-perfectionistic, hard on myself, never, you know, all work, no pleasure, having this convoluted relationship with pleasure, seeing it as a hedonistic sin, essentially, before, and now understanding that that's not what it's about, or in a pleasurable life, is so much more expansive, and it has spaciousness for you to allow everything you desire to flow in and it's it's amazing so that's what inspired me to start this journey um and i was a tomboy like i said and i mean i'm not the girliest girl you've met probably still you know even today but i really wanted to be feminine do you, you know do you have those memories when you were a kid and you would go to your grandmother's closet and get her nightgowns out and put them on and feel like a princess because that's what I did and, and those nightgowns were not like that beautiful um, but I felt so womanly in them and I remember that so well I was so young I was just a kid um but I loved dresses. I always loved dresses. I remember my mom bringing from Estonia, bringing a um, this um, lavender colored satin. Yeah, it was a satin princess dress, like a proper princess dress that I wore for my. I think it was my eighth, eighth or seventh birthday. I don't remember, but anyway, I have a picture of it, and it's, oh, I love that dress, I loved it so much, and then I stopped, you know, honoring that part of me that wants to look really feminine, and, and girly, or womanly, and nowadays, like, even sexy at times, in favor of being a tough girl, or, you know, someone who, whom you can take seriously, because I had that limiting belief that for you to be taken seriously, you need to look a certain way. But yeah, that's that. And then the number two question. New inspiration for marriage, expectations, etc. So um, depending on what this actually means, um, if it's about getting married and having expectations about what it's going to be like, um, most... Um, likely is that your expectations are not realistic or I don't know they might be but <clears throat> the best thing that I can say is that you cultivate a deep intimate relationship with yourself 
Because when you lose that, which was one of the reasons that created so much disharmony and, you know, falling out in my marriage then, after the few first years, which is, you know, when the first real struggles usually might come in, uh, into the picture in, you know, in marriage. Um, so that's the first thing. And that is what you're doing with this work of femininity. And especially if you work with me one-on-one, it will give you solid, a solid foundation. It, or, or it will change your relationship with yourself and with your husband or your fiancé, boyfriend, whatever it is. That work is transformative because you are changing. And you, the feminine, always set the tone. It's incredible. You have so much power within that you're not accessing. But I'm going to help you do that. And it happens with the implementation of the seven pillars of vibrancy. That changed my marriage, changed my life. Um, and it has helped me with like maintain pain-free life and attract amazing things in. So that's the thing. You got to foster an intimate relationship with yourself. That creates a lot of beautiful fruit in your marriage. From intimacy to emotional connection to decision-making, to staying open for the direction and leadership of your man. All of it. But And and the same applies if you are married and if this question is about already being married and, and just wanting to find inspiration. You know that your happiness is not your husband's responsibility. It is your responsibility. Your fulfillment enjoy the way you feel on a day-to-day basis is always your responsibility it won't be anyone else's and when we unconsciously or consciously give away the power in expecting someone to make us happy in expecting someone to behave a certain way and being disappointed when they don't That's when you give away your power. It's like you're just handing it away and being like, I'm going to be a victim. I want to be a victim in this situation. Victimize me. Life sucks. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But that's what we don't always realize. and, And I don't mean to be mean by saying that I had to realize that for sure. Um, But when you take back your power and understand that you have what it takes to be fulfilled. Oh, it's going to be so good. There are going to be more episodes on marriage and, you know, thriving as a wife. Because I'm passionate about that. I'm really passionate about that. Uh, number three, when do you want to start having children? Are you nervous about the transition to motherhood? Um, yeah, um, how should I say this? Well, first of all, my 20s have been a really weird journey. As I mentioned, I've had 
long periods of chronic pain, of being in and out of treatment and and just dealing with a lot and then getting married and um, uh, having two schools, my pop and jazz conservatory where I studied music and then graduated as a singer and then uh, the University of Helsinki where I now now am graduating with my master's in English. Um, so there's been a lot, you know, um, I had a couple of years off and then just, you know, pursuing this or finishing, I should say, finishing my academic um, studies. And so it hasn't been relevant in the sense that we felt like I would have to finish these things before we start thinking about having kids. But there's also the very vulnerable fact that it's not eventually in our control. And also there has been throughout the years a lot of financial worry in terms of this. But it might it might more than likely be just our fear and, you know, not feeling ready or whatever. But also, if I'm honest, and this is very, very vulnerable, I I did not even know when we got married, and I was 23. I did not know if I wanted to have kids. But at the time, I was not connected to my feminine. I was not in my femininity, my feminine essence. So the more I've been on this journey myself, I started to actually desire it. I started actually desiring being a mother. But I was never the, you know, the the kid growing up who loved babies. It, it was just never me. Um nothing you know against that but I was just I was the ambitious girl right and people always thought yeah she's like the career driven girl but that's not true like yeah I am ambitious but I realized that when you get centered in your true core essence all these lies that you might have picked up along the way they shed away and it was a surprise for me to notice how much I actually do desire to be a mother. But again, it's not something that I can control. But it's, it's you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, am I nervous about the transition to motherhood? I'm sure I when if, if that becomes a reality, I will be. <laughs> but there's a lot that I've learned that I know I'll be able to apply and you best believe that if that happens, I'm going to give all my insights and lessons to you as well on that journey because it is my natural gift that I will turn every experience into a lesson that I can impart on others. It happens very naturally. And I have this desire to always share. I don't want to be a teacher in a, in a, like a, a school setting, but I love coaching, right? <clears throat> so yeah, femininity has revealed to me my body's desire to be a mother, which has been a big, big shift in my 20s, let's say, a really big shift. Yeah, and part of me, I know it's also that I've been fear. I, I know deep down that if I have a child, I'm going to love that child so much 
that it's going to shatter me in some way. That it's going to be so big that that level of love, I don't know, I feel like I've been afraid of it. I've been sort of shielding myself from the idea of even being so vulnerably in love with a child, with a baby. And so when people think that I'm just a career-driven girl who wasn't interested, well, yeah, that wasn't really true. It's because the depth of love that I will feel will literally change everything. And that, yeah, that's scary. But I do believe it's going to be worth it, for sure. Um, and then we have a couple of questions that I will be creating an episode on my thoughts on modesty. I know a lot of you are from a Christian background or, you know, women of faith, or you may have just had a very tough upbringing when it comes to modesty or ideas about modesty. I'm, I have a, a nuanced take on this, but it will be an episode on its own. And it's, it's an opinion that I can stand behind. Um, so yes and then I will also have that special episode coming out from mothers and I have some amazing interviews coming up also so stay tuned remember to sign up to remember to sign up for my email list you know the link is in the description or in the show notes the first link so you get my free activations and the free workbook and if you are interested in my patreon join us before May or whenever you're listening you can join because everything is always there it's, they're not disappearing all the content that I create over on there is, is, is there for you to access you can binge consume <laughs> um, all of my juicy episodes and, and, and workbooks and whatever you know meditations and everything you can do that if you want to <clears throat> and if you want to work with me one on one if you've been called, if you've been wondering, can I afford it? What, you know, what's what, you know, I have payment plans. If it's actually something that you desire, it is possible. It is possible. So if you want to change your life, whether it's your dating life, your work life, your marriage, you know, your relationship with your body, if you have pain, you know, this is not a medical program, obviously, but there is a lot that I can give. You know, the Vibrant Woman program is for you. And I'm confident in talking about this. It's transformative work. Um, and the four months is like the minimum that I believe it takes for us to start seeing real change in your life and for you to feel incredible. Right. So all of the details are down below. Thank you so much for being here. You have no idea how much I appreciate you. It's just crazy how much I appreciate you. And if you have any topic suggestions, drop them somewhere. <laughs> Send me a message. I love creating content for you that actually resonates, that you need, that you want to hear. So that's that. And in the meantime, stay in the vibrant flow.